Johnny Depp's character's name in the first one? Noodle Monster? <laughs> yes, his character was named <laughs> Noodle, Noodle Monster. Monster. Um, I'm not sure. Because they definitely, like, modernized the names in this one. Yeah, this is definitely things that people of this age would be named now. there's no more Rod, because they don't name kids Rod anymore. Nobody's name is Rod. <laughs> oh, this is my baby, Rod. <laughs> Instead, they're named Jesse and Quam. Quam. <laughs> she couldn't say his name. No, she never said the correct letters in his name. <laughs> She just says it as one syllable always. Quam! Quam! His name isn't Quinn. <laughs> Wasn't it? No. It was Quam. Quam. She loves that glottal stop. No it... T's for Rooney Mara. No. And no emotions. No. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? We're already criticizing the movie. Maybe we should get <laughs> into it. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Rendawa, and with me is Samantha Rendawa. <laughs> and we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. So, if our butchering of the name Quentin hasn't uh, told you already today, we are truthfully wrapping up our Nightmare on Elm Street series. With the remake from 2010. Ugh. And if you want to hear more of our Nightmare on Elm Street, go listen to the last, what, seven episodes? The last seven episodes. This is our eighth and final Spooktober episode. But also, probably not really. But probably not, no. Uh, next week, we'll have a little Nightmare on Elm Street roundup. Maybe we'll pick our favorite characters, kills, movies, do the final rankings and all that. As we lead into the next movie, which, you know what, may be a little bit spooky again. I think we're just going straight from Spooktober to Christmas. We're skipping November. Yeah, who needs it? Who needs November? Not me. Well, we are going to get all into this remake in just one moment. But first, let's thank our first sponsor of the episode. And this episode of I Love This, You Should Too is brought to you by the Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Samantha. This is your first time watching the remake, and now you are deeply rooted and well-versed in this Elm Street world. You've seen all the movies. <laughs> you know what it's all about. What are your first impressions on this remake? Oh, this was a rough one. How so? Um, It just tried to make it so modern um, and used a lot of things that like modern horror movies use like jump scares and really loud noises and like lots of shadow and stuff and it just didn't work for me because what I like about the original Elm Street movies is that they don't use those like cheap new horror things so I I kind of missed the quaintness of the original ones I 
absolutely disagree. Or no, wait, wait, sorry. I absolutely agree I with you. I was like, sorry. what? <laughs> I was like, I just heard you talking about it when we were watching it. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you, but I might disagree with one small thing. Mm. I think you can just substitute the word cheap for modern because old movies could do these sorts of things of as much. Um, but I think like bad 80s movies had a different thing going mm -hmm. for them. And bad 2000s movies like this, they kind of fall into those same very cheap mm -hmm. and manipulative and easy and lazy scares. And I think that's what we get here. Yeah. With a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies we've watched, we've watched some bad ones. We have. Some really bad ones. We really have. But I often say I'm more forgiving of a bad movie that tries something mm -hmm. and fails than a movie that tries very little. And that's what this movie was. I agree. It was so middle of the road. It's almost more offensive than like Freddy's Dead, which was a piece of garbage. <laughs> but it was a fun, weird, crazy piece of garbage. Yeah. And like this, yeah, like you said, they didn't do anything kind of risky or They didn't do anything. Big. It was just, it was like, here's a formulaic horror movie that's just like all the others that are coming out in the mid-2000s. It's like a movie with no choices. Mm -hmm. Nobody made a choice and no. went for something. No. It's just, they split the difference on everything. They're like, oh, should we make it really gory or should it be supernatural? Yeah, a little bit of each. <laughs> Everything was just a little bit of everything, what, rather than committing to anything or trying anything. Yeah. And, like, even the acting, nobody nobody really did anything. No. They were there. Let's talk about that a bit. Um, First, maybe let's start off with a little bit of context. Sure. We don't care nearly as much no, about this movie I'm, as it seems. I feel like I'm ready to be done with this series. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like such a bad is, note to go out on. It was, yeah, it was like a real low note to kind of finish on, and Especially that makes me sad. Especially when we were kind of up with New Nightmare. Yeah, I was. I felt like I was in a good place, and I almost wish we had finished with New Nightmare. Yeah, we totally uh, should have. This because, movie did not need to be covered. Because I'm like now tired of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yes. Whereas with New Nightmare, I was like, yeah, and that was a good way to end it. It was a good way to end it. <laughs> so at the end, we'll just pretend that that was the last thing we watched. Perfect. <laughs> so this movie was made by a production company called Platinum Dunes. Oh. And in the years prior to this, they had just been doing horror remakes. That was their thing. Okay. They remade Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2003, Amityville in 2005, uh, Hitcher, Friday the 13th. So they were just doing remakes of horror movies, and that was their thing. Oh, okay. Then they did this one in 2010. It was the end of that. That was the last one? It went so poorly that they were like, okay, no more horror remakes. We're done. Interesting. That's how bad it was. So it did do well financially. Mm -hmm. It essentially made its budget back in the opening weekend. Oh, wow. Because there was that much demand to see this movie. Because I probably was one of those people. I don't remember exactly when I saw it. But if you told me that Nightmare on Elm Street was now being remade by a production company that loves horror, that knows horror, and we're going to see those same kinds of elements of surrealism and horror and dreamlike sequences mm -hmm. with modern technology, absolutely, that sounds great. Yeah, I guess that's what we got, but we got a as watered down version of that as you could get. 
So when this movie was made, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, who plays Freddy Krueger, and Rooney Mara, who plays Nancy, had both signed up for multiple films. Oh, so they were going to do a franchise. Yes. And although this made a lot of money right away, the drop-off in how much it made for each subsequent week was huge. Right. So that gave them an indication that no, nobody wants to see this. So after the first week- Nobody was coming back to see it again. And once word got out of what kind of movie it Mm -hmm. was, no new people were coming to see it. Fair, yeah. It sold based on the name Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm Mm-hmm. And they talked to Jackie Earl Haley, at least, about what his salary was going to be in the upcoming movie at right away because it got to be so big. And then very quickly they realized once reviews started coming in and once people started talking about it, because this is an Elm Street movie that was released in the internet age, so word spread quite quickly. And they realized what happened. And people from the company, their quote after this was, our phone didn't ring for two years after. Like, nobody came to them with projects because of this movie. So they instantly scrapped all of the sequel ideas, and they're just like, okay, that's it. So much so that they said, yeah, we're not doing horror remakes anymore because no one wanted to give them their properties anymore because um, this went so poorly. Because they just screwed it up. Yeah. And it's not even like this is an aggressively bad movie. We've seen worse movies. We've covered worse movies on this podcast. This is just such a, I keep using like middle of the road and I think watered down is a good way to put it. There's just nothing special about this movie. There's Mm -hmm. nothing fun about this movie. And there's so many fun special things in the like Friday or sorry, in the Freddy uh, like universe that they could have used and would have been 100% better. It would have been really easy to make this actually a really good movie. So they didn't make anything for a couple of years, and they finally returned in 2013 with an original, and they are the people that made the Purge movies. So Purge comes out in 2013, Purge sequel in 2014, the Ouija movie, more Purges, more Ouijas, and that's kind of what they went with. And now they do make horror movies, but it's no more remakes for them. Right. It's all original stuff. Yeah, their other big property is A Quiet Place. Oh, okay. Which there are three of now? Yes. Or there's two, third on the way. Oh, okay. I liked the first Quiet Place. It was good. It was a good movie. I'd see the second one. I just haven't gotten around to it. (laughs) So this movie starts in a a very generic scary movie way. You're at a diner in the rain. It's oddly dark inside this diner. And there's a brooding teenager at a table. And by teenager, we mean 25-year-old. 25-year-old man, yes. Um, So we meet Dean, who falls asleep at his table and meets Freddy. So it's like a really fast beginning to this movie. After he sees Freddy, he wakes up and we meet Chris, who is coming to have a meeting with him. She says, I'm here to meet with Dean, but it made it sound like they were having some sort of business meeting. Just relationships in this world are not defined. Are they best friends? Are they brother and sister? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was it was a weird moment. Um, And then Chris witnesses Dean cutting his own throat because he's dreaming and Freddie is cutting his throat in the dream. And we get this crazy throat-cutting scene with the world's sharpest steak knife. Yeah, it cuts his head almost off. Almost completely off. 
That was a, it was a fun intro. It was I don't a think intro. it was bad at this point. I'm like, okay, this is what I'd expect. It's nothing that is shocking or surprising no. me, but there's nothing wrong with this. No. I liked the going into the dream diner, waking up in the regular world. We've seen all this before. Mm-hmm. And we also get introduced to Nancy, who is played by Rooney Mara, who mm-hmm. refuses to open her mouth throughout this movie. Oh my god. I get that she's tired through the second half of the movie, but at this yeah. point, she's so sleepy. She so then ill. When she starts off this sleepy, where do you go for a Nowhere. to in a movie that's about you being tired? Yeah, it's it's not a great place for her to start. And we also get introduced to Jesse, who's just an asshole for no reason. And Quentin, who looks like he's going to be crying all the time. Yes, he uh, doesn't strike me as like a great leading man. Which is kind of what he ends up being in this movie. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. No, I thought he'd be one of the first ones to die because he had such a... It seemed like he was such a small character. But then again, that's kind of maybe where Johnny Depp was in that first movie too. I guess. When you look at him compared to some of the other like leading men of the day, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this guy? But Johnny Depp kind of pulled it off and it was fun. So then we fast forward to the funeral and what's his name? Brad? Dean? Dean is, I forget that guy's name. (laughs) Dean, his funeral. And for whatever reason, he's one of the only characters that gets a funeral. Like in the other movies too. Someone gets a funeral. I guess his good friend Chris falls asleep at his funeral. Which kind of a fuck you to the guy, but whatever. And Chris thinks like, oh, something weird's going on here. And Nancy's like, no, something weird is going on here. And then Jesse gets in their faces like, nothing happened. You didn't see a goddamn thing. Fuck you. It's either underacting or overacting in this movie. Yeah, no in between. he loses his mind on them. Maybe that's the only thing that's not middle of the road in this movie. Is, yeah. (laughs) The acting. And then we get a straight ripoff from, I guess we can't say ripoff if it's just from the original movie, but a redo of the Freddy coming through the wall above her bed. Yes. Which was done for probably $50 in the first one with a sheet of fabric that he just kind of yeah, poked through. Like and stretchy. here probably cost thousands for this CG and it looked terrible. It was awful. It looked it looked very bad. The one thing I was expecting from this movie was to have some cool special effects. Why would you remake things exactly? Because you're just inviting the comparison. Mm-hmm. I understand you are a remake movie, but you need to do something different. And at points they tried to, mm-hmm. but with actual scenes, beloved scenes from the first mm-hmm. one, they just tried to do the same thing. And oddly enough, with probably 20, 30, 50 times the budget many, many years later, they look objectively worse much of the time. Yeah, I was hoping that with the like technology available and like computers being crazy and awesome, you'd think that they'd be able to like pull it together and make it actually look like it's from this time. And Chris is having dreams and stuff when we think she's going to be the main character, kind of like mm-hmm. Tina in the first one. Oh, I guess people aren't named Tina anymore either? No. Hmm. <laughs> They're Chris with a K. Oh, Christina. Maybe that's a oh, thing. Oh, maybe. Hmm. Possibly. A, possibly. Yeah, I, I like that theory. Um, And we see that her and Jesse are apparently in a relationship because he sneaks or into her were. room. Or they were. Okay. They so- broke up because she, he was all angry at her because she was having dinner or whatever with Dean. Right. Yeah. Because boys and girls can't be friends. No. Well, Jesse is a straight up like sociopath. Yes. 
And so, yeah, she's been having these dreams. Jesse comes into her window. Like, you know, call first. Yeah. This is the age of cell phones. Here's my thing to everyone out there. Don't show up at someone's window. Mm -hmm. It's not romantic. It's scary. No. And it's always like they creep out of a shadow, too. It's never never like knocking on the window or something. Why did he come to the window? Her mom's out of town. True. And later at the end of the scene, he runs through the house to get out. Because yeah. you could say he came through the window to avoid the alarm, but there should be an alarm on the window as well. But whatever. Maybe yeah. there's not. But then if he's avoiding the alarm, why would he leave through the house mm-hmm. and set off the alarm on the way? Panic? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've tried to just like, like we usually do, fill in some like plot holes. <laughs> so Jesse is having the same dreams. So you'd think, oh, they could talk about it and figure it out. And he's like, no, I'm not talking about yeah. it. Yeah. It's nothing. Okay. I don't know why you're so angry. Yeah. But. And he like won't even let Chris tell him about her stuff. No. He's like, I don't want to hear about it. It's just, I think they could be saying that they're making some sort of choice about this like really aggressive guy. And this is the kind of person he is. But what it seems like to me is it's lazy writing and they're just trying to invent conflict. And mm-hmm. when there is no actual conflict, people here are in agreement They just have one person just deny whatever the other is saying for no reason. Yeah. Which we'll see later with the the Connie Britton character as well. And just like be loud. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, the use of volume in this movie is cheap and annoying. Oh, very. So then she has a dream and she's looking for her dog. And anytime you hear a bunch of stupid sound effects, Mm -hmm. that's what I have written. (laughs) Oh, there's stupid sound effects. This must be a dream. Yes. Because there was a bunch of stupid. The sound design was very annoying. And like weird lighting. Like they try and do this like dream state lighting, but it just looks dumb. And then she meets Freddy, but she wakes up. Or did she? I don't know. But she does that bit. This happens in movies a lot where one person wakes up and they go to the person who they're sleeping next to because Dean? What's his name? Jesse. Jesse. Jesse is sleeping next to her. She tries for half a second. She goes, Jesse. And he rolls over and she goes, oh, okay, I guess I can't wake him up. And walks yeah, like, walks away. Maybe nudge him try again. a little harder. She also like barely touches him. <laughs> if I was scared for my life, I wouldn't be like, Samantha, oh, she's sleeping. Okay, I guess I got to go fight it myself. No, I, I'd expect that you would like actually grab me to wake me up. And of course, she's clearly still in a dream. And we have the scene that is trying to remake one of my very favorite scenes when Tina is killed and gets pulled up the wall and across the Mm -hmm. ceiling. But they're like, we have to one-up it. So now she's getting flung around the room. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but it was hilarious It was hilarious. She was very clearly on a wire. I think it looked fine. I don't think I have any problem with how it looked. I just think it's funny because she was like pinballing around. It was closer to Breckenmeyer's video game pinball death than it was to tina's death in part one yeah they they made it funny unintentionally yeah and it kind of took away from the fact that that was like an iconic scene for a movie that needs to sustain a certain mood and tension if you get laughs this early in it's not gonna go well for the rest of it Hmm. and it didn't no it did not (laughs) So Jesse is now awake and sees Chris flying around the room and then she dies and he's covered in her blood and he runs away. 
through the house, setting off the alarm. And because this is, I don't know, small town Ohio, and it's a rich white neighborhood. The The police are already on the way. (laughs) There's just like nine police vehicles coming. Um, And Jesse runs to Nancy's house. I had a hard time understanding how far away everyone lived from each other. Or why yeah. she he would go there. Yeah. Does he know Nancy? He doesn't seem to. Because Nancy was his server at the diner, and he does not seem like he knows her. No. He's a real dick. Or maybe he's just a dick to everyone, so you, that's how yeah. he, you can tell they know each other. Jesse was like teasing Quentin about Nancy being his girlfriend. So they know each other. So they know least. of each other. Like maybe they go to school together and it's like, oh yeah, that's Nancy. But I don't, it didn't seem like they had any kind of relationship. No. And Jesse goes to jail, and then there's the sequence where they're like, you got bail. Just kidding. It's a dream, and I'm yeah. in the boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse is killed by Freddy in his sleep in his jail cell. And before killing him, he says, don't worry, I won't kill you. Yeah. Just kidding. And he kills him. That's not a twist. No. This movie just tells you something and then does the opposite, and they're like, haha, twist. You're, yeah. that's not that's not a twist that's, that's not lying. what a twist is yeah that's lying it's not a twist <laughs> and he says oh your brain stays alive so i can kill you now and then i get to torture you for seven more minutes because you'll still be dreaming okay. all right i guess i don't know that's whatever fun like someone clearly did some research on like what happens to your body when you die mm-hmm. and it was they were so starved for good content that it made it into the movie, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think that's exactly There's what happened. There's a few moments of, like, research knowledge, like, Micro-naps. bombs that they have. Yeah, and it's like, okay, clearly they did not have a good enough script, and they beefed it up with just, like, Wikipedia answers. That's exactly what it seems like. <laughs> so now Nancy goes to her mom and says, hey, mom, do I have a secret connection with these people? Which is a weird thing to ask. And the mom's like, no, no, you don't. That is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm your mom. Again, that's not a twist when it's revealed. It's just lying. Yeah. Not the same. No. And there's also another moment where Nancy asks her mom like a question three times same same question and then she's like oh yeah but actually that comes up later yeah, <laughs> yeah. never mind here's the answer you're stop looking for. lying to me i'm not lying to you i'm not lying to you i'm not lying to you here's the truth i lied earlier. i lied to you <laughs> and she just says it like that and it's, it's like terrible. all in the same breath yeah <laughs> Then we have a remake of the tub scene. Yeah, which was, this one looked fun. It was fun, and I like. It didn't add anything though. It just didn't ruin it. Yeah, which in this movie is a win. I'll take it. And I think that's because it was like an exact replica, as opposed to trying to like do something slightly different. That's true. They didn't one up it. Yeah. They didn't add any shrieking noises to mm-hmm. it to scare you a little bit more. It was just the glove that came up and then went down. And then yeah, and then and I thought it was one of the better scenes of the movie. And then she wakes up. And that, yeah. Or does she? Or does she? Because then she walks out and she walks into the snow. And I think that was a good effect, Mm -hmm. too. See, there are things you can do quite easily. And I liked that when she's kind of discovering this, um, what we learn is a secret past. And she's walking through her house and then it begins to snow and she's walking on the snow. Yeah. There were some cool moments. Okay, this movie had its moments. It It was occasionally okay. I think it was often okay, but there's just so many things you could do with this. Mm-hmm. There's, It's such good source material. It's such a good concept. Yeah. You can go in so many different places, and they just kind of didn't. 
the only place they went to is what if things keep leaping out at the screen and then there's a shrieking noise and then it turns out everything's fine. Yeah. That's the well they went to like 30, 40 times. Yeah, exactly. She has her t- a talk with her mom and I think there's, this is the first instance of her mom just saying, I'm not lying and saying something which is very clearly a yeah. lie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Quentin is on the swim team and he falls asleep while swimming? Yes. That seems hard to do. Uh, that does seem hard to do. And uh, he gets to see the flashback of what the preschool parents did to Freddy. You know what? I think I actually liked this sequence. This is a really good way to add in, like, plot. Some quick plot. I'll say that it's one of the most effective scenes in the movie, but I also have a huge, huge problem <laughs> with that its existence. Uh-huh. So it, it looked great. I liked that they gave this backstory that we've had hinted at in all of these seven other movies. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of this group of parents coming together and straight up murdering a guy. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it, it was done to gain sympathy for Freddy. Mm-hmm. Because at this point in the movie... It becomes revealed that he's a child molester and not a child killer. Right. And, oh, actually, he didn't even do it. But later, of course, he did. But at this point, they're playing that he was an innocent man who was killed. Right. Why? Yeah, like, it was an odd piece of exposition to add. That's coming from me, who's someone who always says, like, you need to find some sympathy in all good characters. I Mm -hmm. believe that for the most part. When you are a maniacal dream demon, mm-hmm. you know what? I think it's cool for them to just be bad guys. Yeah. And then plus, if you're going to say like, oh, actually, he was innocent, so they deserve this. But then to be like, no, nah, just kidding. He did it. Yeah. Why? Why would you even add this whole sympathetic angle? I don't get it. Because it's just a, like, hey, this happened. And just kidding. It didn't. That's not a twist. That's not a surprise. It's just lying. It's not the same thing. It's yeah. so lazy. The idea of him being a child molester. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I felt like, I don't know, like, this is like a weird thing to say, but like I feel like there wasn't enough evidence given to us that he was a child molester. It was like kind of hinted at, but then there was never any difference between when they were saying Freddy was innocent to when they were saying Freddy, yeah, Freddy did it. That's actually true. I didn't think about that. Like, I, I, it, we just watched it. Wait, do you think Freddy's innocent? No. Okay. (laughs) But I, I do think that there should have been a little bit of evidence of. Well, they go and find that room later, like the cave. But it also, like, never at any point do the kids remember being, like, molested. That is very true. And so I was, like, in our second watching today, because we always do notes and watch some of the movie, I was, like, waiting for something that I missed, which didn't end up happening because I didn't miss anything. It just wasn't there. So it felt like they needed to do more to make Freddy evil, like a remembered memory or something. That would have made a lot more sense. But I think they were, again, playing at middle of the road. They're like, we want to be edgy. He's a child molester. Because it was hinted at in all the other movies. And I think we kind of assumed that. Yeah, like he's a bad guy. a killer. Mm -hmm. That was who he was. He was a serial killer. Mm -hmm. In this one, he had never killed anyone. No. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's just molestation. No, he was terrible, but it's terrible in a different way. Yeah. I think there is a difference. 
And when they're picking this, but they're playing it like middle of the road, saying like we're doing something edgy. He was a molester, uh, child molester, mm-hmm. but we're also never going to show anything to you like that because mm-hmm. that would be too disturbing for yeah. this movie. Then don't don't make him a child molester. No, if you are scared of the topic, just don't do it. There you go, problem solved. Yeah. Also, the line from being a whatever he did, yeah, to being a killer is a different line from being a killer in the real world to a killer demon. Mm-hmm. Because he was already a killer in those other movies. He'd yeah. already killed many people, so of course he comes back to kill. In this one, it seems like he wants to come back to molest. Yeah. Because he does, there's a lot of weird sexual stuff. And there is in the other movies too, but in this one it was grosser, I guess. It was grosser. But why is he coming back to murder now? He was never a murderer before. Yeah. Um, I guess just vengeance. Wikipedia tells me. Oh. <laughs> um, that they find Kruger's room, they find proof of his crimes, and they realize that Kruger is now a vengeful ghost who wants revenge on them for disclosing his abuse. Oh, it's like a, you told? Yeah. And so what? now I'm going to murder you. I think I I disagree, Wikipedia. I okay. think, well, I, I don't think it's as much like, hey, you told on me. I think it's more like, Hey, you guys murdered me. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess one comes from the other. Yeah, like he's mad because the parents murdered him. Yeah. And so I'd be mad if someone murdered me too. Yeah. You know what? You'd be a vengeful <laughs> ghost. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put that out there. So for all you listening, if you murder me, <laughs> I will be a vengeful ghost. So vengeful. Oh, I got I got nothing but vengeance. <laughs> But anyways, now we're <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're I'm way off into, track um, here. They find the picture because there's a hidden envelope, and all that's in the envelope is a picture of her preschool with the names written on the back. And they like <laughs> pull out one drawer in the house, and yeah. it just happens to be underneath. Like, Mom, what's this? See, we knew each other. No, you didn't. But it's right here. I have a picture. You don't have a picture. Yes, I do. Okay, you do. She's like, I'm <laughs> Here's holding the, the picture. <laughs> Terrible writing. Yeah, but. They they start looking up the other people and they've all died. And one of the worst parts, they find this video blog yeah. from a guy named Marcus who was in their preschool class. And do you want to know the Marcus's personal website video blog's name? What is it? Marcus personal site video blog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on the page. That's all Personal site video blog. Come on, you lazy jerks. Think of something better. So they turn on his personal site video blog, and instantly he's giving the highlights, and he's just talking right to the camera. First video. There's a guy named Freddy Krueger. He's after me. He has these claws. And then in like a terrible jump scare, his head smashes into the camera, and we get static. This isn't a TV from the 80s. There wouldn't be static. And also... Who posted that? Yeah. If he died mid-recording, who posted it? Like, the video file just would have ended. It wouldn't have been static. And then I guess Freddy uploaded it for him after. Yeah. Because he wanted to get the word out? Can Dream Freddy do computer stuff? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Great. That's all I needed. Um, I have to say that the... um, micro naps or whatever they're called in the movie uh might be the best explanation in the series for how they manage to be asleep at random times yes i agree i love the addition of the idea of the micro naps i think the execution of them was actually pretty bad yes yes if you had just said that about like part three or four Mm -hmm. instead of micro naps i'd be like oh okay makes sense done yeah 
because I like those movies better. And this <laughs> one, yeah, that is a good explanation. And as someone who has stayed up for 70 hours in a row, that happens. Yeah. I remember back in the day, they didn't really know how to handle concussions. Right. And I got one and they said, like, oh, don't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell you. So I was up for two days and I was at school and I like saw a guy in the doorway of the classroom, like waiting for me. And I was like, oh my God, who's that? And everyone's like, there's nobody there. So I totally saw things. Yeah. So that is a thing that can happen. Yeah. But I would have loved it more if it were little inserts into the world they're already in mm-hmm. because they're not falling asleep. We said they're micro naps, so it's little invasions of the dream world yes. into the real world. So I would have loved to have seen the real world with small dream elements. And we get a couple of cases like that, but most often it's just a flash and they're just in a different world. Yeah. Which is different. It's different. I just liked that someone finally came up with a reason for them falling asleep in every single place you could ever imagine. Yeah. But how did he sleep in the pool? I don't know. Because he went straight into that world. So I think that was like a proper sleep Right. Scene. So it still doesn't make sense, but it's a good explanation. I like yeah. it. All I have written next after the body bag scene remake was there are so many terrible go nowhere jump scares. Yes. So many jump scares. I hate jump scares. People fall asleep every 30 seconds in this yeah. movie. And each one you get waken up because Freddy sometimes will just turn to the camera. Nothing scary actually happens. It's just a loud noise. What is the noise? Like in the world of this movie, what is that noise coming from? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. No. It's just coming from lazy direction. And it's coming from. to make you jump. Uh, the director of annoying. this movie, this was his first feature, mm. never made another movie again. <laughs> but uh, he, is, he was a very successful music video director oh. and had a lot of good videos and I think probably continued that. But yeah, never got a chance to make another movie or maybe didn't want to after the way this one went. He was like, never mind. I have a successful career over here. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is uh, before the movie came out, he's. They said, oh, this guy's directing the new Nightmare on Elm Street. What's he have to say about it? And his quote was like, there's never been a good Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so this will be the first one. Oh. I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, we know where you're coming from. Also rude. <laughs> but, see, that could have been something if he made something completely new. Mm-hmm. But all he did was try to do the first one, but did it, like, much lazier. Yeah. Anyways, now, for whatever reason... Jesse, no, not Jesse, Quentin, Quentin and uh, Rooney <laughs> Mara, Nancy are on a mission. They're like, oh, we have to go to this place. We have to go to this place. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. But they go to the preschool and uh, they're like mystery detectives now. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy and Quentin Quim. are both so very tired and Quentin's using like Adderall or like and I don't know why, but every time she he would offer it to Nancy, to like, hey, this could save your life. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't do drugs. Yeah. Like, why is she so high and mighty about his prescription drug? Yeah, it's which not like he's asking her to, like, life. shoot up or something. And also, if you were like, hey, you know that dream demon? I was like, yeah, he almost killed me. We all both agree. Yeah. Dream demons are real. And if you said, oh, this heroin will keep him away, it's like... You know what? I never thought I'd do heroin, but I also never thought I'd be killed yeah. by a dream demon. But I would try whatever. Let's try it. I would definitely try your prescription like speed. Yeah. 
It's like ADHD meds have been around forever. So it's not even like something that she probably hasn't seen before. Why do they add that? Yeah, uh, it's weird. It was a strange addition. Because it comes up, I think, two, maybe three times. He definitely asks her if she wants a pill twice. Yeah. And then the third time is adrenaline. (laughs) Just like straight up adrenaline from the hospital. That she's fine with. Yeah. So she gets cut in one of her dreams at the drugstore. Mm-hmm. I love this. It was like a very sitcom-y thing. They pull up to the drugstore and she goes, what are we doing here? You guys never talked this whole drive? No. <laughs> like, apparently there's no plan. That's like how sitcoms, <laughs> when you come back from the commercial, they're like, here we are at the drugstore to get my medication. Yes, we are. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Let's continue on. So they do that and she gets cut and they go to the hospital And they need to put her under to give her stitches? I think it was because she was like panicking. But she wasn't until they took a needle saying that we're going to put you under. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to be unconscious to get stitches. I got mine without any anesthesia at all. Yeah. They, which I don't you, recommend. No. Uh, they can do like a local nerve block so that they none of your nerves needle. in that area are working. Yeah. It's not a like lights out procedure. And they tell her mom, saying, oh, you need to sign this so we can put her under. And her mom's like, I don't understand. But okay, whatever is good for her. Yeah. Do you know what her mom's job is? To... Oh, no. She's a doctor. She's a doctor? She's a medical doctor. Uh, wow. Yeah. I missed that piece of plot, but that it, it doesn't come up very often. Well, no, nothing nothing about characters comes up. Right. Can you tell me anything about any of the characters that isn't like they were all in preschool and got molested? No. No. Because there is no characterization. No, exactly. Um, I also thought that like... Nancy's mom should have like asked a question or two before signing these forms. <laughs> Especially if she's a medical <laughs> like, professional. I and I didn't even know that. So I now think that she needs to ask more questions always. Anyways, I think she just runs away. Is that how she gets out of there? Yes. She and Quentin escape the hospital. And then I have written down in my notes, why the fuck are they going to the house? I don't even know which house that is. Yeah. But they go to some house. And in the car, Nancy has this thing in about like, you know how it is for me. I never fit in. Really? Is that your character? Yeah. Have we learned this before? I didn't know that. Is she? Because I just assumed she was just like a quiet kid who had a different group of friends from these But these people people aren't friends. No. That's why I assumed she just had a different group of friends. Not that she was a loner. Yeah, because the only people that we see are friends are Quentin. And Jesse, but yeah. they hate each other as well. Apparently, yeah. Well, Jesse, everyone hates Jesse. And that Jesse and Chris were in a relationship. Right. These are the only like friendship ties and maybe that we see. Chris and Nancy are friends, are they? You know, I actually I don't know. They they again they talk like they see each other in the hallway at school. Right. And, you know, you see them in the real world and you're like, oh, hey, you're in my class at school. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And then they go to the school. I don't know why they're going there because I I don't know what their plan is. So in the video, Marcus, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Marcus says, it seems like he wants to be me to be in the basement. Oh, in his personal site video blog? Yes. Okay. And so he's like, I don't know, I keep waking up once I get there, but it seems like that's where he wants me to be. So wouldn't you want to not go anywhere near that? Right? I'd go to like Thailand or something. (laughs) Get it as far away as you could. Yeah. Um, So I think 
Quentin and um, Nancy go there because they think there's something for them to find. Oh, okay. Sure. And that it might be easier to access Freddy in his lair. Sure. Of some sort. All right. I don't they, know. they want more information. That's fine. I, I can deal with that. I may be doing a little bit of legwork for the movie. <laughs> if they're just like, hey, we're investigating, I can buy that. That's yeah. so far from the biggest problem in this movie. But they get there. Nobody has cleaned out this child like molester's room no they in just, the last 15 years they're like uh we're just gonna close this door and they pretend. kept all of his stuff in there yeah. all his creepy molestation tools or yeah. whatever. they're like we're just gonna close this door and pretend nothing ever happened everything is fine and this is the first point where they say oh actually he did do it the rest of the time we're operating under the assumption that Freddy Krueger is an innocent man yeah which is just a weird thing to do it is very and if weird. you're going to do it do it. Yeah. If that's going to be your twist, like, oh, this is an innocent man who was murdered and is coming for vengeance. And so you're kind of on his side because the other movies get to the point where you're on Freddy's side. Mm-hmm. He becomes the hero of those movies. So if this was going to be their commentary on that, saying, if we want to be on Freddy's side, let's give him a good reason to be on his side. Mm-hmm. Let's say he was an innocent man who was killed. And now we're kind of on his side. We're cheering for the kills suddenly. Right. And then maybe, but then he should be coming back and killing the parents. And then we'd be on his side. Yes. But instead they just go like, oh yeah, we have sympathy for him. Just kidding. He's a child molester and now a demon. And then this is where I wanted a flashback scene where they remember being molested or something. Something. Like something like that needed to be in here because the switch from innocent to guilty is so unnoticeable. They just find pictures that she drew. And they're like, oh, he did have a secret room. Yeah. But there was no proof of him actually molesting anybody. Yeah. He just had a picture that Nancy drew. Kind of sounds like you don't believe these molested children. No, I, I for one, believe the victims of Freddy Krueger. I believe the victims. I just needed... You just wouldn't vote to convict, that's all. No, I would. (laughs) I would. I just don't think that the movie believes the victims. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you know what? (laughs) I believe the victims. That's a fair question, though. If this went to trial based on the information in this movie, I don't think you could convict him. No. No, and I think that a large amount That's of- what's wrong with our justice system. <laughs> That's why we need to just be throwing gas cans and going, this is for my son. Yeah. Remember when he yells yeah. at me and he throws a gas can? That's like the equivalent of going, Kobe, he goes, <laughs> for my son. Yeah. And throws the gas can and burns him up. Yeah. It was interesting to see the parents kind of taken over by like mob mentality. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was kind of fun. Because I feel like that's how parents would react. And then he goes and kills Quam. And he goes, tag, you're it. Kills him and he dies real fast. But just kidding. He's not actually dead. Mm -hmm. And Nancy and Quentin decide that Nancy needs to fall asleep so that she can pull Freddy into the real world. Right, right. And kill him. So Nancy falls asleep. And just like in every other nightmare movie, uh, the person who's supposed to be watching the sleeping person can never stay awake. Well, he gets killed. Kind of. Kind of. On camera, it looks like he's dead. He gets slashed up and falls to the ground and doesn't move. But he comes back and wakes up and does save Nancy in Mm -hmm. the end. But in her dream, we get the big final battle. And it's, I don't know, it's fine, Mm -hmm. I guess. We get a redo of the like sticky stairs or hallway. I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. Didn't really add anything, but it looked good. Yeah, it didn't need to be there. But then he says, how's this for a wet dream? 
Ew. Why? Ew. That was from part four? I think he says it in part four when mm. the guy gets killed in the um uh, the waterbed. Oh, right. And there's like the naked lady inside his so waterbed. if you're making a, this is a serious movie, no silly jokes. Well, maybe a couple silly jokes. <laughs> yeah, just, just like a few here and Why there. Why do that? Pick Pick a lane. Just do one. You can't have like a little bit of each. Mm-mm. And yeah, Quentin's fine. He wakes up and gives Nancy an adrenaline shot. She wakes up and they fight Freddy in the real world. And she has a line now, which is actually from uh, Freddy versus Jason. But we won't get into that because we haven't seen that (laughs) one yet. And she slices his hand off and goes like, hurts, doesn't it? And But no, it doesn't. He doesn't react at all. So clearly it doesn't hurt him. And then she slices his throat and says, like, you're in my world now, bitch. And that seems to hurt him. Well, he dies. He dies, yes. Or does he? Mm. (laughs) So we are shown on camera, he is dead. This is the end. But of course it's not. So they then torch the place? Yes. They light it all on fire. Rather than saying, like, here's evidence about this child molester. We were telling the truth. Let's just burn it all down. Yeah. And the police officers and firefighters are unable to find Freddy's body. In a dumb ADR line. Yeah. So it's like a wide shot. And then someone you can just hear in the background, I can't find the body. Yeah, there's like no remains found. <laughs> so stupid. So dumb. then everything's fine, right? And we go home. And in a shot, which I assumed was done for a 3D movie, because why else would it look like that? Mm-hmm. But Freddy pops through a mirror. Puts his claw through Nancy's mom's face, pulls her into the dream world. I don't know how he got back to the dream world. He's a physical body now. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever. I don't know how he's still alive because we saw him die, but also whatever. (laughs) And uh, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And it was real dumb. And there was like some dumb song after. Oh, I didn't even notice the dumb song. It just didn't seem to fit with the tone of the movie. I don't remember what the actual song was, but it... Was it Evanescence? No. (laughs) That probably would have fit better. Yeah, maybe. But one thing it did do just as well as the first movie is have a really dumb final shot. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the worst part of the first movie, and it's a medium part of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a callback of something that we did not need. That we didn't like, that the director didn't even put in. No. So that's an odd thing to call back to. (laughs) (laughs) Something everybody disliked. Yeah. That's the thing that got the most right, I think. Yeah. I miss Robert Englund. So let's talk about that. Performances. Yeah. I think I like Freddy. You like Freddy? I think. Well, so here's how I feel. Through the first half of the movie, I was thinking that I like his performance. Mm Mm-hmm. And I actually liked the makeup choice. Hmm. By the end of the movie, I disliked both. I disliked the makeup choice from the beginning. So I'm not sure if I grew to dislike them because I realized that they weren't that good, or if I just got upset with how bad the movie itself was. (laughs) I think it was fine, at least. Hmm. I don't have issue with his performance. What I could say is it's probably one of the better things in the movie. I think it's the best performance in the movie. I think he did a good performance with what he had to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not like this new makeup, but I um, was okay with him being Freddy. 
I grew to dislike the mm-hmm. makeup. I think what got me the most was the lack of lips. It that is what I like disliked. an animal. Yeah. He seemed like a little bit like a chipmunk, maybe? Yeah. And like... It was kind of cute. Parts of your face don't just melt off. Like, you'd still have scar tissue and everything there. So you'd have some kind of lip. Oh, sure. Your lips could melt off. Can they? Why not? It's fat, right? Oh, I guess. Okay. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I've also I've never, never really melted my lips it. off, yeah. but I feel like they could melt off. <laughs> I've never considered whether or not that would happen. So I just didn't like the lack of lips. I think because the rest was, of uh, his face was so smooth, mm-hmm. or like all like melded together, that he needed something to make him look a little bit more lifelike. I think the lack of lips made it look a little cute. Which I think was the issue. Oh, no. <laughs> you looked like a little chipmunk or Cute something. Cute little Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, the makeup was meh. I didn't hate it. I, mm-hmm. did, I don't think it was great. But I think his performance was one of the better things. But I think a lot of that is because I hated the other performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connie Britton, who you really like. I love. She's a great actress. Not in this one. Not in this one. All she does is just yell the same thing a few times. Uh, Rooney Mara was... Just brutal, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. I, I always hate, like, just talking bad about actress performances because mm-hmm. it seems more personal than, like, attacking a movie and here's what's wrong about the movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was very, very bad. Rooney Mara in this barely seems like she has a pulse. Never mind, she like, was a, emotions. She was asleep through the whole yeah. movie. And you can say in later parts, it's like, oh, because she was so tired. Yeah. But you can't play the, like that from the beginning then. No. You have to have some life at some point. Yeah. I thought the person who played Chris was just kind of annoyed me. Mm-hmm. I thought the person who played Quentin looked like he was going to cry the entire movie. And sorry, I just, sorry, who? Oh, sorry, Quentin. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought uh, Jesse, oh, I just hated he him. Was, but I think he was doing what the script wanted him to do. Probably. But it was just like. I just did not like performances in this. Just have unexplainable rage, please. Yeah. Yeah, this movie does something uh, maybe impressive. Mm-hmm. It's constantly coming at you with new things, yet it's somehow still boring. Like anytime there is a scare. The movie doesn't give it any room to land. It's just like, okay, now it's now time to the next jump scare. And now Mm -hmm. it's time for the next jump scare. So we don't get much opportunity for tension to build or for any sort of terror to build after one of those moments. Because you need that moment. It needs some space to breathe. So Mm -hmm. it kind of solidifies the fear in your brain. Mm -hmm. But something would happen that's supposedly scary, but it would cut away so quickly and go into the next scary thing that I can't even remember what it was that was the jump scare 30 seconds ago. Because here's another one, here's another one. And it's usually not even an actual scary thing. Sometimes it's just turning to the camera. Mm-hmm. And they would just put that noise in to tell you that this is a scary thing. Which I hate. <laughs> it's it's lazy. It is lazy. It's the movie equivalent of just like yelling at someone while they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course that's going to scare someone because it's unpleasant. Yeah. It's, it's not doing loud, anything good. It like does bad things to your like nervous system. But yeah, it doesn't do anything in a horror movie. And it just seemed like nobody is having fun in this movie. And... Not in the sense, because like, it's a horror movie and they should all be scared. We get that. It's not wisecracking Freddy, so he's not going to be having fun. Mm-hmm. Although he is kind of wisecracking Freddy sometimes. A little bit. But it's just everyone looks listless and bored with what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the exception of Freddy. Yeah. Who's probably having the most fun. 
I think in his he, performance. That is. Oh, in his performance. I was going to say, I think Freddie is having fun because Who, he's. Who I keep wanting to call Haley Joel Osmit. Jack Earl Haley? Early. Jackie <laughs> Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. I always get that mixed up. Haley Joel Osmit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's who's a very talented actor. Both of them are very talented actors. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like him. I had only seen him in a couple of things, but I think mm. he's good. What else does he play? I think his other big famous role was in Watchmen. He plays Rorschach. Oh. Is it another like prosthetic y Well, actually character? half the time. Oh. He's it's like a kind of a superhero movie, so he wears a mask some of the time, but mm. some of the time he's just himself. Right. And he's kinda of like a disheveled guy. And he also played a, oh, he played a child molester in another movie. Whoa. Little Children? Something Children. I can't remember what it was called, but it was good to. I needed Freddy to make a decision on who he was in this movie. I needed this movie to make a decision on what it wanted to do. Yeah. Because it did not. <laughs> and, and I, I ah. needed Rooney Mara to have a pulse. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I did read that she had such a miserable time making this movie that she considered just giving up forever. Really? She just hated it. Just like acting? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's not a good sign. One thing that I really disliked about this movie is how much time they spend on the mystery of who's Freddy? What happened to him? But it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. We all know. Yeah. Nobody's seeing this first. And then even if they were... The way they go about it, because most of this movie is spent finding out who Freddy Krueger is. Mm -hmm. And of course, like 95% of the people seeing this movie already know who he is. Mm -hmm. But they spend so much time researching and finding out and investigating. But they find all the information at the beginning. It's just people go like, no, that never happened. Yeah. And again, that's not unweaving like a big tapestry of mystery. It's just lying. And that's, I think, at the heart and like kind of epitomizes what's wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't put any nuance into things. It doesn't let you find things out. It just tells you one thing and says, no, nah, just kidding. That never happened. That's like the equivalent of the jump scare for a plot of just saying like, here's this thing, but it doesn't matter. Right. Most of the things we see in this movie don't matter. Mm-hmm. You could edit this movie to, I'd say, a good 35 minutes. And you would understand the plot just as well as you do watching it at the full length. I agree. That's what's wrong with us. So many things. Quite a few things. But that being said, it's not a bad, bad movie. Right. It's not egregiously bad. It's not so bad that it makes me angry. Of like, what? Why would that happen? It's just a lot of, why wouldn't you do something fun with us? Yeah. Why wouldn't you try something? It's already such a fun franchise. And premise. You managed to make a very fun franchise and premise very boring. Yeah. Everything about this was... And annoying. It was a boring movie, mm-hmm. which I think for something like this is worse than being bad. Because mm-hmm. Freddy's Dead is a bad movie. <laughs> Would you rather watch this or Freddy's Dead? Freddy's Dead. Of course. Because there's stuff happening and people are invested. It's fun. Yeah. People are having fun in that movie. Were there terrible choices? Oh, God, yes. But there were choices. They made choices. They tried things. They failed. But they tried (laughs) things. This movie didn't try to do anything new. Mm -hmm. It relied on the old movie for the best parts of it. And it relied on the most middle-of-the-road horror movie for everything else. I'm just like, I don't know, jump scare. Yeah. I can't believe it's over. <laughs> this is or is it? Uh-oh. 
Because next week. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I was like, no. We have a different plan for next week. But we actually are going to talk some next week. Yes, but we're not watching another Friday the 13th. Or um, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> You've never even seen a Friday the 13th. No, I, I don't know anything Yet. about that. Because next week, no! we're <laughs> there's more of those than there is of those. Is yeah. there? Yeah. Oh. What do you think? In next year, do you want to do Friday the 13th? Maybe, yeah. I, I'm down to do another big franchise. Yeah. Or Halloween. Halloween's? Yeah. Halloween could be two separate years because they have two timelines. <laughs> oh, man. And then there's a remake timeline as well. Is there? There's the Rob Zombie ones. Oh. Who's Rob Zombie? So, Rob Zombie... <laughs> Two sent one sentence answer. Okay, he was a musician who is now a director. Okay, and some of his stuff is kind of good. Hmm. Some of it not so much. Okay, good to know. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Our second sponsor of the episode is the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation, hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the story of how those endowment funds intersect with the community. You can subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Happy Halloween, everyone, because <laughs> oh, this came out yes. on Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope everyone's getting ready to give out candy to trick-or-treaters. Or go trick-or-treating. Or go trick-or-treating. So good luck. Hopefully it's not snowing. And uh, we'll see you next week. Where we will do a little review of all of our Nightmare on Elm Street fun. What do you think we should do? We should maybe give um, Best Kill. Yeah. Favorite character? Favorite character. Favorite Freddy iteration. Oh. Rank the movies. Yeah. Rank the movies. The official final ranking. Yes. Um, and I will stop just saying, and all the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> I will try and put them in numerical order. <laughs> and then we will preview our next movie because we're getting back into the regular format. And it's going to be Samantha's pick. So she's going to let us know what we'll be watching for the big watch the week after that. Yes. A extension of Spooktober. Let's keep Halloween going. Spookvember, people. Spookvember. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Happy Spookvember. Woo. Oh, that was pretty spooky. Thank you.